Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. We're your weekly comic book reading club that talks about first issues. We talk about oh so much more. I'm Mike D. And I am Vargas. That's right. And if you can't get enough of the club, if you're saying, oh man, look at the runtime on this. I need more. Um, we've got over 100 episodes over on our Patreon. Hell yeah. So go check us out over there too if you need some more. Unfortunately, uh, Greg isn't with us today. He's got a burpy baby that's not feeling so hot. It's like... He's like a month old. Mm-hmm. You know, let him be. He's yeah. an adult, for God's sakes. It's like sometimes <laughs> people's priorities are just fucked. Dude, right? Mm-hmm. We've got comic books to talk about. <laughs> we did all go out, the, the the pod trio, and get free comic book day books. Uh-huh. That's always a fun experience. Yep. We put on our balaclavas. We got our... <laughs> squirt guns in our pockets and we said hand them over stick them up and hand over the free comic books um you never really know what to expect when you go to a free comic book day more and more shops are doing doing it up i think it used to be a time where you would go and grab your couple free issues yeah and be out because you already picked up your comics on wednesday maybe a couple people who haven't bought comics in a while pick up a thing or two Mm -hmm. um but the shop we went to had like 50% off incentives yeah. and like 10% off of high dollar comics, which, you know, isn't that much. But when you're talking high dollar. And, well, and 10% off new issues. Yep. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's good stuff. I was blown away by how great that shop had stuff figured out for like yeah. one dude behind the counter. Yes. It was great. Yeah. We walked right into this shop. There's there's a little shop in Kansas City called Pop Culture Comics. With an X. With an X. C-O-M-I-X. And they've done me right and they've done me wrong. I won't, won't sugarcoat it about this shop. <laughs> sure. I've got stories both ways. Um, but it it is one of those shops where you're just like, wow, they still have this? Yeah. They... It seems like they really overorder there to the point where yeah. you're just like the amount of back issues that are still on the shelf is bewildering. <laughs> yeah. And like, where do they put them? <laughs> right. You know, it's not yeah. a big shop. I know. Do they all just like send them back? I There are some publishers. This is one thing I don't really understand about the comic business. Uh-huh. Some publishers, you can send the unsold comics back. And more or less get refunded for, for them or yeah. a partial refund. Yeah. I, like like what you do with beer at a grocery store. You send is expired, that right? Yeah, you send expired or broken beer back and you get a credit. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But it seems like that would be way harder for a comic book. Because it's not yeah. like it's it didn't expire. Mm-hmm. It's just like it lost street value because it didn't sell day and date. Yep. Right? Right. So, like, the really the only incentive is on the store to, like, get that refund back. I don't yeah. know what the incentive for the comic book company would be. People to just take a chance on their books, I guess. Or maybe just, like, a healthy mutual relationship between the shops that were, like, struggling for a while. Yeah. That it was, like, these cost us so little to print and publish. Yeah. That it's, like... As a bonus or an incentive to go ahead and order our book, 
we'll just guarantee sales or, or money back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how any and, of that works. And maybe it's like... I mean, But they're I, buying them back at cost, right? It's like the comic right, shop pays yeah. like that smaller fee. Yeah. Yeah. If the, if the shop buys a $3 comic for a buck 50 yep. and they can sell them back a month later for 75 cents... I mean that's worth it yeah. for both sides, I guess. Well, well, I've I know a couple people in Kansas City who have said at their shop or the person whose shop they go to will order fucking tons of some comics to yeah. get the really high ratios. Oh sure, and then just know that they can send them back. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'll order a hundred copies of this. Because the one in one hundred cover, I can hawk for yeah. a crazy amount of money, and then I'll just ship back all the A's that didn't sell. I always thought it would be worth it for a shop to like strike a deal with a, a like an eBay guy, mm-hmm. a known eBay guy. You know, we we order a thousand copies to get the one in a thousand. Yep, and you can sell that one in a thousand for God knows how five hundred bucks. Yeah, right. You sell whatever A covers you can, and then Mr. eBay sweeps in, gets half of them day and date or whatever, because mm-hmm. you're not going to sell them. Right. And he can he can hawk them on eBay, you know, nickel and dime for three and four bucks a piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always thought that would be a good, like a mutual beneficial relationship. I think all the shops have their own Ebays that they manage now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I A lot of the shop... A lot of the retailers I order from, you can kind of tell based on like their little like business card address thing that yeah. it's like, oh, this is like a shop in Vermont or wherever. Yeah. Um, this is the thing we've talked about this a little bit in the past that that's kind of the, some of the dicey thing about um, going to a comic shop for a brand new comic that is buzzing. Yeah. Because you're like, the shop's just going to sell all their copies on eBay. Yeah, because <laughs> there's more of a frenzy online than there is in the store. Yeah, so, which is shitty. Yeah, and in the store, I think you're gonna you maybe lose customers if you came in to get a book day of. Yeah, and you're trying to sell it for more than like cover, know, more than cover price, right? Yeah, at that point. Yeah. Um. In any case, long tangent for oh yeah, free comic book free day. comic book day. <laughs> I went to two different shops. I went to one that was having like... Yeah, you got feisty. A big warehouse thing in the back, and I waited in a line, and it was just... It was fun. I bought a... Like I mentioned, the, there's a there's a shop called Elite um, in the Kansas City metropolitan area where this guy does a lot of um, children's mercy toy drive stuff to children's hospital near us. Yeah. And so I went to that and donated some money, um, got a t-shirt, Nice. Um, and picked up a handful of free comics. And then head over to the shop where I met you and Greg. And we spent some time and then got some lunch. But um, I got a mediocre level haul. Okay. Nothing, I'm not, not mediocre as in I'm disappointed in what I got. Just that I've learned over the years... To not just grab everything I can grab. <laughs> yeah. You want to be a little selective. You want to be a little selective. It's like, these are the things I'm going to actually read. Yeah. I don't want to just take stuff to take stuff because you're going to have kids coming in over the next week. Yep. 
and then they can pick up their weird comics that they want. Um, so, yeah, but I, I thought we'd talk about a handful of the issues that we got. Let's do it to it. And or read. I will say I haven't read the um, Uncanny Avengers Free Comic Book Day one yet. Uh, that's something I'm so far behind in all my X-Books. Yeah. Because, I don't know, they publish like... 15 a month yeah (laughs) they're like really hard to keep up with and i was just assuming there would be some spoilers for the last month's worth of books that i need to catch up on yeah i wish i really wish i had read it it's like the next thing on my to read pile because i'm I'm really stoked about it i loved the 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 old uncanny avengers stuff i know remender wrote some i know hickman wrote some um and having x-men on an avengers team or avengers on an x-men team is I mean, it's the Reese's peanut butter cup of comic books. Yeah, you right. Know? <laughs> you get those cool, fun interactions, and there was that run where like Deadpool was funding the Avengers through his like sales of his Deadpool merch. Like, yeah, right. You get those cool, fun, you know, whatever weird story stuff. And Jerry Dugan's writing this one, so I'm sure it's going to have that stuff. Um, yeah. I'm stoked about this book. Yeah, I think it'll be really fun. Um, we did a lot of speculating a while back. On this Captain Krakoa. Oh, yeah. And who it's going to be. Because I think we're led to believe it's not Cyclops anymore. Right. And we've been teased that it's going to be somewhat of a villain. Right. Or some, I don't know if it's going to be a bad guy or if like it's a reformed bad guy. Yeah. We speculate, we looked at that really square jaw. I'm showing Vargas the cover right now. Yeah. And we said, is that Captain America because he's cloned? Yeah. Because the X-Men already cloned him on Krakoa. That's right. So did they just make a duplicate of Steve Rogers? That would be so dope. And they're using him masked as like their, again, Captain Krakoa. Yeah. It makes so much sense. We'll see. That looks like a Steve Rogers mouth and chin to me. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, comparing, because Captain America's front. So. Yeah, he's on the cover as well. Yeah. Which, you know, may be a red herring to put the actual Captain America on the cover. Yeah. You know what actually would be a really, really cool reveal is if they reveal that it's Captain America, but it's actually like Mystique. Uh, uh-huh. Like Mystique <laughs> is is copying Steve. Layered. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one that I read that Mike D didn't was, uh, Fish Flies, the new Jeff Lemire book. Yeah. Um, this is very much Jeff Lemire, kids on bikes doing weird stuff. Um, it takes like a horror slant to, uh, and a, and a murder mystery also. Yeah. Goes kind of that route. Um, I am definitely gonna pick it up i'll pick up anything that lemire writes and does the art on i think this is gonna be a graphic novel too right oh is it i think so i don't i think that's the only floppy oh is the free comic book day preview okay well i'm gonna pick it up i think there i know that there because in the back there's like a cover gallery there is a peach momoko variant so i don't i don't know if they're doing that as a variant i might have been misinformed well Who knows in in the yeah. in this economy, <laughs> right? You know who can tell. Uh, but no, fish flies looks great. Um, it, it's uh, kind of reads like Plutonia. 
Did you ever read, read yeah. Plutonia? It kind of reads like that. Where yeah, it's cool. Kids on bikes solving a mystery, more or less. I love it. I read uh, Sabrina, or not Sabrina, sorry. Archie Horror Presents the Cursed Library. Yeah. And then this character was someone I was unfamiliar with. Uh, Jinx, right? Is this Jinx? Okay, uh-huh. so Jinx is just getting her new, like like a solo series. She, yeah, she had a one-shot, and I think she's coming- Is that what it is? I okay. think she's coming back for another one-shot. Got it. Okay. Um, if you're not an Archie freak, Jinx is like a little kid character- from like old pep comics and Archie comics. Yeah. That was kind of like a neighbor. Yeah. And then when Mark Wade did Life of Archie or one of the more like serious reboot sort of comics. Yeah. Oh, was it that that mainline series like after Archie died and he did came back with Fiona Staples doing art or something? Yeah. Was it that run? I think okay. so. They they brought her in as sure. a, you know, more adult character yeah and ever since has been kind of rebooted um we find out her father is like the devil dope (laughs) in that run yeah and so i don't know if this cursed library thing is like a new anthology horror deal for them or if this was just previewing some of the archie horror stuff coming up but it's it, a little bit of both. But it was fun. It was like yeah. several little vignettes of different Archie characters and mini horror stories that were told Tales of the Crypt style. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty fun. Yeah. I think Greg really nailed it when he said, like, Archie's laying out the the blueprint for taking characters and putting them in a horror environment. Because yes. every one of these Archie horror books I pick up is just a home run. Yep, totally. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, Venom Spider-Man book was kind of fun. It introduced like a new look, Dr. Octopus. Oh, He's got very more like actual octopus tentacle looking look at that. appendages. So they're not just he, the normal clampies anymore. Yeah, he's got like little suction cuppies. And him and Craven are going to be working together Dope. as we found out. And then we got like kind of this... weird throwback um, Venom story where these old scientists had found some Venom goop and found out that it replicated when it touched human blood. Uh And so they filled a rubber suit with the goop and called it Flexo. Uh And they're going to use it as like, you know, I don't know, like, I feel like they were saying, like, this has, like, this could be used for the military, this could be used yeah. for this, that, and the other, and then they realized it was, like, dangerous and uh, shouldn't be used. And Sounds then, like Life Foundation stuff. Yeah, exactly right. And then flash forward, we see, like, a more modern Flexo fighting Venom. Yeah. So this could be, like, you know, there's there's symbiotes on Earth way before spider-man and secret wars okay we just uh we the reader just didn't know that until now i found out today that flexo was actually a throwback character oh he, really he, he actually premiered back in the 30s i in had an, no some idea old you know whatever <laughs> t- tales to comic book whatever oh that's funny marvel book it was i yeah. kind of like when they do 
in continuity stuff and stick with some yeah breathe fresh life into old characters yeah we call that pulling a morrison yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know that's hard for creators now because they get most kickback from when they do original characters sure. so there's not a lot of incentive to reuse old characters from the depths unless you're a re like have a kink for it yeah and i know there's a handful of creators who are just like always wanting to pay homage to the stories that came before yeah i know nick spencer's spider-man run which is you know sometimes divisive because it was um so deep right that it made so many spider-man history deep cuts that you're just like who are these characters and like why does peter know who they are already but um for for those people who are like mega fans and steeped in it those things are really really fun yeah um there's a new rick remender book yeah i got this one too called the sacrificers and it was i loved the art yeah the art style was amazing and the book was like a quick breezy preview uh-huh. you don't get like a ton um outside of knowing that um i i think that there's like a god to be appeased yeah and you've got like a population of different like animal hybrid people and every family has to provide a sacrifice to like appease the gods yeah um and this is a story of like one kid who's been chosen to be the sacrifice for his family. Yeah. I'm stoked about this one too cuz I love Rick Remender doing sci-fi. Yeah. He just does it. I mean, pitch pitch perfect. Yep. You, you guys saw that I spent 30 bucks on a Fear Agent number 1, yeah, you know, right. not 2 weeks ago. <laughs> like uh-huh. yeah, I I can't get enough of it. And Black Science was an amazing book. Yep. Low was an amazing book. And this looks like it's just going to be another one of those. I think there's a reason they picked it for the free comic book day preview. It's probably going to be good. Oh, yeah. Big time. So, yeah, I'm pumped to read that one. And then Dawn of DC Night Terrors. We finally got a little peek into what Night Terrors is going to be. I flipped through the like design gallery in the The designs are cool. I haven't read the story yet because I'm busy. But the designs were... I mean, worth picking up. Yeah, just for that. Yeah, uh, and different then, different artists create created yeah. different nightmare versions of different DC characters. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think more than anything, the nightmare event is just going to be fun covers and interior art wise. Oh yeah, and then anything on top of that is just like stories, good, great. Yeah, um, yeah. This is like. This is like the the Dark Knight's metal books to the extreme. <laughs> right. Where it's like, how many covers can we pump out that yep. look cool as so rad as badass. hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more or less, we found out that there's going to be, yeah, like a nightmare version of every superhero yeah. that has like a mainline series coming out right now, which again, makes me feel better about the number of comic books that are coming out because it does seem like it's just going to be, are you reading Batman? Cool. Then the two Batman issues of night terrors are going to be really fun. And you're going to get like devil Batman and like devil Robin. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, um, you can skip 
the ones you're not reading. So that I, I after I read it and kind of started to soak in the premise a little bit, I had a little bit of a breath of relief that I could maybe save a hundred bucks and still follow this event. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, there are something like 67 books, right? Oh dude, the, the, the whole centerfold of this is every title. That's the every title. And it's, I mean, it's it, buck wild. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything though that's gonna make me like stretch out from the DC stuff I would normally pick up. Yeah. Um, I'll probably do Batman Robin. Uh I might do Flash and then maybe Zatanna. Yeah. Like if they would have done a Constantine or a Swamp thing, I would definitely be picking those up. Yeah. But it it's kind of surprising that they're not leaning into the more horror stuff oh like, totally yeah the characters that already have a dark twist yeah yep. like this seems like the perfect reason to dust off like house of secrets house of mysteries mm -hmm. but they didn't do that you know yep um yeah so i i don't know i i'm interested in what the previews are going to tell us about each one of these stories i think that's the way to go with this event yep um you gotta read every solicit Yep. <laughs> and figure out what sounds interesting and go off that. Because yeah. I think if you just blindly add some stuff to your pull list, you're going to be throwing away a lot of money for a lot of throwaway stories. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. Um, these are already available for pre-order. Yeah. They're listed on previews. Um, but again, really tedious to read the synopsis of... <laughs> <laughs> Every but I think that's one. what but you, you gotta can. do. But you can, yeah. It, it might be something where you read them and say, um, I scanned a handful of them that I was like, I'm on the fence on this one. Yeah. And, you know, you pop one open and it's like, an introducing new villain. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna buy that one. Because <laughs> I've got a problem. Yeah, I'm right. Comic right. recorder. <laughs> oh, there's a Jenny Frizen cover? Oh, first okay. Appearance. Well, I gotta do that one too. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> And that's the problem is like every one of these issues is going to have first appearance of yeah nightmare Batman nightmare version of a character nightmare yeah. Flash which is not really a first appearance yeah yeah um, but one of them's going to pop off and I'm not going to get that one yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see um, I'm I'm excited and optimistic about nightmares yeah. I think people loved DC Metal so much. Oh yeah, and um, what was the undead deceased? Deceased people love deceased and DC versus vampires. Yep. Oh yeah, which was Tinian wrote. So and Rosenberg wrote. Is that right? Vampires. Yeah. Okay. Um. So in any case, uh, it seems like this is becoming a yearly thing. Yeah. For DC to do something like twisted and <laughs> and like but still fun yeah you know what i mean i think people always knock dc for it's like grim tone and yeah. over seriousness but you read any of those series and they're very on the nose they can be taken very lightly oh yeah they're so over the top that they don't read so grim and dark and evil it, they're just fun more than anything well I i've tell everybody the stuff that got me into comic books was marvel zombies yeah like taking marvel characters and putting a horror twist on it yeah so uh, call me a sucker or whatever <laughs> but like anytime any company does 
anything similar to that. Yeah. Like, I'm in. Yeah. I want to see the weird version of Superman, right? Like, yep. you know, even the even the Elseworlds stuff, right? Yes, like, right. that's some of the best DC out there. Yep. It just seems like a fun book to work on, too. Yeah. So you could see these, you know, the, a lot of them are being done by creators we really love. So yeah. um, we'll see what funny, fun stuff they come up with for each of these. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- that was my free comic book day experience. Uh, ho- hope everyone else had happy free comic booking. Yeah. We've had some good uh, discourse in the Discord, specifically about Night Terrors. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear about what everybody else read on free comic book day that i didn't get to yet i still have conan on my to read pile yep. obviously i've got avengers on there um i picked up the street fighter comic yep flipped through that um and i read i am stan that was the other one yeah a little stan lee yeah, tribute the preview of the stan lee life tale graphic novel that's yep. coming out and that was uh a lot of words in that but <laughs> it was it was really cute really nice um you know, to see him interacting with all these like famous comic book people and just yeah. imagining like being a fly on the wall when, you know, we, we joked about Stan Lee writing like spider dude on a napkin uh-huh. and crossing it out, you know, like <laughs> that happened. And he yeah, worked right. with, you know, Ditko and Kirby and all those dudes like to come up with all these now famous characters yep. uh, over the course of all those years. So it's funny. He's like was so prolific that. When you would go to those panels and ask, people would ask him questions about like, what's the story when you created the Rhino? And he's like, you know, I don't really remember, but you you know, you just picture that visually and you're like, isn't a big Rhino guy cool? (laughs) (laughs) And like his answer was like that for so many things. And he was so genuine and fun. And yeah, you can just picture him just being like, that's fun. Kids would want to read this. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's what made he had the pulse. I mean, you could say that was one of the greatest things about Stan Lee is he just knew what people would like and what people would think was fun. Yeah. Well, it's it's the same kind of person who like came up with Transformers, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. what's the perfect toy for a kid? Yeah, it's a robot and a car at the like, same time. <laughs> what? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Stanley had that. He's yep. like, what would a cool superpower be? What if a guy <laughs> turned into a monster? Yeah, and he was green. <laughs> Boom! He's the Hulk, right? Right. <laughs> They did make a great bit in this preview issue where every time somebody other than Stan Lee created a named character, he'd be like, oh, you called him Tony Stark? Oh, Tony Toluca would have been better. Oh, you called him... You know, whatever. Like uh-huh. he, he always is like, oh, the alliteration would have been better uh-huh. every single time, and it, he does it two or three times yep. in the story, and it cracked me up. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, there's a there, I think there were a couple exclusives and variant covers. Like they always do. Like the DC often will do like a metallic of yeah. the their free comic book day book and sell it for like ten bucks or uh-huh. something. Um, one of the books that gained heat around free comic book day or on free comic book day was that gamer verse um second book of that was like the first appearance of like game 
version Miles Morales oh, okay. in a in a comic or something like that. Yeah. Um and that book was like popping off and like really hard to find. Huh. And I've I've been seeing it on eBay for like twenty bucks or more. Okay. So if you happened across that one, that's something good, I'm good I job. good good on you. That I I would have never I my eyes would have maybe it was at one of the comic shops I went to. Yeah, my eyes would have completely glazed over something that was like it's a video game tie-in. Yeah, and uh, turns out oh, that was one to buy. Was it was the Spider-Man Two prequel comic? Yes, that's right. I thought that was digital only. They did physical copies of it. Aha! And yeah, and it's popping off. I I didn't even see it. Yeah, I guess it was really low print run. Yeah, I don't think even I don't think Clint's even had it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. If you have a second issue, I'll buy it for you for a dollar. <laughs> How about that? Perfect. Per- best offer. Yeah. Best offer. <laughs> one buck. All right. We don't have a lot of news this week. It was yep. a slow news day. The best article I found was about the Sinestro Core Batman action figure. Yep. So and we're just going to skip news. Yeah. And I'll say I've just been reading about Tears of the Kingdom all day long. Yes. As of we're course. recording this, they lifted the, the uh, review ban so people could start finally publishing the reviews. Yes. And, things. and it's the best game of all time. Yep. And I can't buy it because I just bought a house today. Okay. So. Just keep rubbing it in. And you're you're going to be sending screenshots all week, and I get it, Mike. Okay? Okay problem to have, Mr. Homeowner. <laughs> What'd you call da. me? <laughs> That's the joke I've been making all day. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. So we also paid for comics this week. Of course we did. Unfortunately. <laughs> and I think we read the same issue. Yep. Z. Z. Plural. What do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about Silk first. Dope. Uh, Sydney Moon's back. So this is by Emily Kim and Ig Guara. Guara? Guara. I-G-G-U-A-R-A. I think that's right. We're bad at names. Yep. Uh, I picked up this book. This is something I would normally skip. Mm-hmm. I'm not a spider boy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, or, or a spider man. I have been bar mitzvahed. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh but I read I read the synopsis and saw the cover mm-hmm. and thought I've got to at least get the first issue to see what this is all about. Yeah. Um, the the elevator pitch for this one is Cindy Moon is stuck in a dream world of some variety, and as she uncovers more about this dream world she's stuck in, she falls through different dream verses yep right i yeah. got i got close no you nailed it <laughs> okay it's like yeah when she has a moment of self-realization kind yeah. of like that like oh shit i'm in a dream moment yeah it's like dream resets send her to a new place and she has to like recombobulate and figure out like that she's in a dream again yeah um so i thought my my biggest thing of praise for this was like it's such a um part uh, a key thing in spider-man now to have different versions of all the characters yeah they've done a million venoms uh-huh. they're doing the venom verse thing this summer they've done obviously tons of spider geddon spider verse edge of spider verse series at this point and even gwen stacy has gotten her own yes uh gwenaverse 
sort of books. So we're more or less doing something like that for Silk here, but we're doing it in a creative and different way by putting it in a dream landscape, having someone kind of futz with her brain and mind yeah. and set her on these like dreamland journeys to keep her in a kind of cryo state and occupied. Um, so we're getting to see all these different versions of her without retreading and repolluting the yeah. Spider-Verse. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not a hundred Cindy Moons all talking <laughs> to each other yes. doing that meme. Yes, exactly right. It's just Cindy Moon. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. As much as I love the Spider-Verse stuff, and I think it's really fun, um, I think you can only do it so many times with so many characters before it, it just gets maybe a little exhausting. Yeah. So this is a great way to do a very Spider-Man universe feeling comic in an original way. Um, what I really liked about it was the fact that, so this issue takes mostly place in like a thirties LA noir. Yes. That's, that's the setting for most of the book, but, and it was very stylized as such. And the costumes were very cool. Yeah. She's wearing, you know, a trench coat with like a hood, you know, a a scarf over her neck. Yeah. She's narrating it herself. Like you would an old Hollywood movie. Yeah. But what I loved was, it it really felt like Cindy Moon's voice was like crystal clear. Yeah, it, it wasn't like, oh, this is somebody trying to cram Silk into this environment. Yep, it was like she's just in it. Yep. So it's this, it's the, exactly the same character that plucked out of Spider Man in this environment. Yeah, same and personality. I, I think that's what's so much fun about it. Yeah. Um, and the next issue is Cowboys and Indians, right? So, like, I think that's going to be a total blast, like Sheriff Silk on yeah, the prowl. Right. So, <laughs> and if the cover's anything to go on, we've got, like, space sci-fi pirates. Uh, looks like Conan and zombies coming up. So I love it. I think this, is, this book's a total blast, um, even if you're not a spider person like I am. Yep. I, this is, again, five-issue mini. The the cost and of entry is low. <laughs> it is, but let me make my plea one more time. Yeah. This is like volume five or six of Silk at this point. Uh-huh. And every single time they do a little five-issue mini, mm-hmm. people like this character. They do. I think this is a really cool character that we should get that that deserves an ongoing series. And maybe the numbers aren't there, and that's why they keep doing the minis. But I'm like, her backstory is she was bit by the same spider as Peter Parker. Yeah. Right? Like, she is the woman counterpart of Peter Parker. Yep. And I think, like, narrative and story-wise, this character should be getting more play and more um, publishing than Spider-Gwen. Oh, for sure. Um, plus, we've got, you know, not not only to say is she like the woman Spider-Man, um, even though there already is a Spider-Woman. Don't get me started on that. Right. Not technically a Spider-Man universe character. Right. But <laughs> um, she's an Asian character, too. Yeah. Which I think is so great for kids especially to see that diversity and have more characters that represent them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just think it would be cool to um, 
put her in more stuff, have an ongoing for her. I don't always see her on like the covers for kids books when they do like the Spidey and Friends things. Yeah. It's normally Peter, Gwen, and Miles. Yep. And I'm like, get Silk in there too. For sure. I think Silk could be a really strong voice in a team book. Sure. I'd love to see her be an Avenger or something. On a new a new new Avengers. Yeah. Or a new Defenders. You know, a street level, more street level, less like we're fighting aliens, more like Daredevil kind of stuff. Yeah. Um I think that would be absolutely great. And then maybe they need to do something like that to have people really recognize like this is a Spider-Man level hero. Yeah. <laughs> you know, same same origin story like literally. <laughs> like maybe even like better power set. Yeah. Like she does more stuff power-wise than than Peter Parker does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give her a an important role in like a big event book or something would be rad. Yeah. They kind of had her as like the leader in the last Spider-Verse series. Yeah. Or in Spider-Man. Um, but again, that's a book called Spider-Man. Right. I I think she'd be a really strong character in a, in a team-up book. Yeah. I would pick that up mm-hmm. for sure. So, Silk, number one. Good stuff. Love it. Th- two thumbs up. Yep. Recommend. The other book we read was Ghost Lore <laughs> from our good buddy Cullen Bunn. Yeah. And this book had like a hundred creators. <laughs> I c- not really. No, it had like five. But... Yeah, there's like five names on the cover, and I almost i I thought it might have been an anthology because it was just like a good list of names. But sometimes so, you get the letterer and stuff on there too. Well, so half of these guys uh-huh. did Sixth Gun with Cullen. Oh, okay. And the other half I don't know. So yep. Cullen, obviously Cullen Bun. Uh, Leo Max, yep, never heard of him. Mm-hmm. Jason Wordy, and then Brian Hurt and Bill Crabtree are the two guys who did Six, Six Gun. Gun. Okay, um, so there is at some point in this book a break of some variety that one art team did, and then another art team also did like oh, okay another the art. Yeah, but to its credit, I could not readily identify. When one art team stopped and the other art team picked yeah, up. Yeah, you know what? I was kind of lost in the story. Yeah. So they didn't really catch me as like, oh, now it's different. Yeah, it's not like you flipped a page and it was like a completely different out yeah. of the blue thing. Again, to its credit. Yeah. Like this was a really well-stitched together book. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really clear that this creative team worked really closely. Yeah. And gelled really well. Yeah. Um. I don't know that I'm going to be able to explain what this story is. <laughs> I could give it a shot. Yeah, I want to hear you give it a shot. Because I've got like, I have words in my head for this book, but I don't know that they fit together. So go ahead. So in a small town, there's a preacher and his family, and they're kind of like the epicenter of this small town. Everyone comes to the church. Yeah. There is a family that moves into town and a little girl that starts going to the school and she is kind of like an outcast treated different. The preacher's son and some of his friends bully this little girl. Uh-huh. Um, and let's just spoil this part. Okay. She turns into, she like 
rips herself apart and becomes this like horrific monster. She becomes the thing from the thing. The <laughs> character design is unbelievably cool. Yeah. Um and she just takes out two of these kids and says to the last kid who is the pe- preacher's kid who is like the surviving child that like my parents indulged me. Our kind isn't welcome here, but I wanted to try to live amongst you. Yeah. And you've ruined that. So now we're going to have to leave and you're never going to speak a word of this ever again. And that just that little bit, like the issue could have ended there and I would have been like, ooh, <laughs> like, yeah. what is she? Like, how many other people are like weird monsters leave, living in like human skin? Like, the reveal of it and how horrific it was out of nowhere being, like, it really starts as just, like, a slow, down-to-earth family story Yeah, of, like, a little girl that's, like, coming of age and she wants to get out of her small town. And given the cover, you know, I bought versus the cover you bought, if you look (laughs) at my cover, you don't really expect it to be that you got the cover B or whatever it is. And <laughs> that's obviously a horror comic. This book looks more like, you know, a drama. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in any case, young boy can't talk. They get in a car accident later, and the car accident um, triggers, like, his ghost to catch everybody up to speed. Yeah. And this, for some reason, the accident they're in, wherein only the daughter of the family and the husband, who is a pastor, yeah. uh, survive, it kind of like unlocks this ability in them to see and talk to ghosts in the town. It's yeah. like this traumatic event has like spurred something in them or their relation to their brother who had this interaction with this being being <laughs> yeah. like unlocked some other plane of existence to them yeah um so i don't know now if they're like moving this seemed like a one shot like the way the story ended i was like wait a second does this book have like a number one on it like it's going to be ongoing and it does i don't know if they're going to be like solving problems and like cleaning up um loose ends for ghosts so they can like pass move on so here's here's how i read the story yeah it's it's a ghost story on top yep but the first problem they're gonna solve tv show wise first season is gonna revolve around this creature murdering people yeah so it's almost like what what was that show? Pushing Daisies? Uh-huh. Where they like bring the guy back to life. Or like uh I Zombie. Yeah. Where she sure. eats the brains and then solves the murder of the people that she ate their brains. Yep. It's one of those. Yes. Where like the preacher and his daughter have to come together and reconcile and avenge their brother son, his spirit, you know, because yep. he's like not at rest. And the mother too, like, didn't say anything when she was like passing on or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the brother so was the one they engaged with. Yeah, and then they made a point to show the mother kind of walking off and not offering up 
what she needed to get out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was kind of what I kind of got from the daughter too, was that yeah. she had some kind of like ability to or like desire. Release them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Desire to like be their sin eater almost. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I hear your confessions or whatever and your spirit's now free to yes. move on. And that was the other thing too, is they crash because they see this ghost boy in the street. Yep. And then once they are crashed, there's like a wall of Tons ghosts. of them. Yeah. yeah, right. So, yeah, I think you're onto something where they're going to be like solving ghost mysteries. But this, the, the conversations like this just remind me that like, yeah, this was a good comic book. Yeah. Like, those ones where you're starting to like speculate, what will it be? And all that fun yeah. stuff is just like, man, my mind's running wild thinking about it. So yeah, it, it's definitely a book that stuck with, it's like, you could, I could tell after I read it that it was going to stick with me. Um, in all honesty, like my free comic book day books, I had to reopen as we were talking about them and be like, what happened in these? Yeah. Um, some of the superhero stuff just starts to like <laughs> wash over you after yeah. some time. Which Batman yeah. fought, which <laughs> Superman. Yeah. <laughs> and ghost lore, I didn't have to go back and read another time. It just like slapped me upside the head yeah. with like. Um, how how interesting of a story it was. So yeah, I I'm, really liked it. I'm really stoked on this one. I mean, Colin Bunn is like the master of horror. Like, yeah. we're we're gonna look back in 20 years and just be like, this guy's output was buck wild. He's got first issues coming out like every other week. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're all good. I've yeah. never read a Colin Bunn first issue and been like, I don't want to read any more of this. Right. Um. The other thing I have to say, and this is probably a stupid thing, but it might start a conversation, so I'm going to say it anyway, because we're on a podcast. (laughs) Boom Studios has the best paper in the game. (laughs) Uh I love the way their paper stock feels. Yeah. And I think, because they kind of lean toward horror, I guess, or the the Boom books I pick up are all horror. Yep. That's probably just a Vargas thing. But the the stock that they pick that like kind of flat gives it almost like a pastel mm-hmm. look to all their colors mm-hmm. and it just is the best. When you open that book, you get that feeling and it has that look that just like give the book that extra extra something. Yeah. This book had like a meaty cover too, didn't it? Is it almost like cardstocky? I don't think so. No. We can bust it out here. Yeah. No, it's just a regular It's a regular, a regular comic. old cover. But do you see what I'm saying? How it's like but It does feel like the cover's like a little Maybe it is. Maybe it's a, a, a slightly thicker stock. But that's part These... of what I like is the pages in the cover have the kind of the same feel. Yeah. So, Boom Studios, wherever you get your paper, you're doing it well. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't have thought of articulating that, but yeah, now that you pulled that book back out and I'm... (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, uh, Seasons Have Teeth Mm -hmm. is another Boom one. Same thing. Um, They're definitely not... You know, like, DC covers feel like they're tissue paper sometimes? Yeah. It's it's not that. I hate that about DC books. Yeah. one last little quick thing I want to say, because I would absolutely regret it if I didn't. Uh, Greg talked about it last week, but I read Survival. Mm-hmm. I picked this up at the shop on Free Comic Book Day, and boy, 
howdy. Hey, okay. This book is so up my alley. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, I like the books that Vargas likes, go pick up Survival. Because uh, the solicit that I read or whatever, the review that was like, this is Red Dawn meets 30 Days of Night is spot on. I mean, it's yeah. dead accurate. Um, having a plane full of vampires crash in the Alaskan wilderness you know, right outside of a survivalist get together is just the setups. The book lives up to that setup. Yeah. And it's great. I'm so stoked for this. Um, And Sean Lewis has written so many books that I like. Has he? I just Googled uh, him just to be like, how many of these can I rattle off real quick? Yeah. The few bliss thumbs. Thumbs, um, that was the big one, yeah. He does. King Spawn. Yeah. Above Snakes was really cool. Uh, he worked on Scorched. Um, Coyotes, do you remember Coyotes? That was a really cool book. And then Saints. I loved Saints. Well, Sean Lewis doing it up. I'll have to go back and dig through some of his backlog. Because yeah. Survival was awesome. Um I know Greg said that he reached out to see if this was a mini or an ongoing. Um, and I think Sean said... Got that, a we'll see. Yeah, he got a we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it sells. So please, I'm, I'm telling you, if 30 Days a Night Meets Red Dawn tickles your fancy at all, go pick up this book. This is well worth your $3.99. Heck yeah. So had, had to talk about it. All right. <laughs> Pitch made. Okay, well, that concludes another episode of the First Issue Club comic book podcast. We did it, and we did it well. Indeed, we did. Uh, We'll see you on the Patreon. That's right. Check us out on the Patreon. We have two tiers now. Dollar tier, just a taste. Called the Just a Taste tier. And the $3.99 Full Feast. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, we should call it Full Feast. (laughs) I really like that. Uh, and on the full feast, we do videos. Yeah. So you can actually see with your eyes what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> uh, make sure and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. Join the Discord. Come hang out with us. What else? I'm trying to think of all the Greg stuff. I don't know. Doodly doop doop doodly doop boop bop. That's Greg stuff, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Little jingle ditty. <laughs> yeah. And now listen to the official outro ditty of the First Issue Club. Bye, folks. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Lichtig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club. And check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.